All right, let's look in our Bibles at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll start with verse 12, 12 through 15. We are continuing to talk about, we've been looking at family discipleship, and we've looked at uh, that God's plan is for the family to, to train and teach and disciple children. God gives the children two families. It's only families that can have children. And that's a part of what defines a family. It's men and women who come together to join their lives together and to be a family. And in that union, children are produced on the earth. New life is produced on the earth. That only happens through a family. God has given them the ability to, to do that. And that family that is to be together, the marriage is to be together in order then to raise the children. And then that cycle repeats itself. Government can't do that. Church can't do that. Obviously, it's not given to them. It's given to the family. And those children are given to the family. And then the family is then to teach and train those children on a daily basis. The church comes together on a weekly basis and teaches the Word of God publicly and proclaims it. And that's an important part of God's work. But then the families to go home and to do teaching on a daily basis, as we saw last week. And the one who is charged to lead that is the father. We saw that the father is called to be the spiritual leader in the home. And a big part of that, a foundational part of that, of being a spiritual leader in the home, is the father is told to teach the Bible in the home and have a, a daily time of looking at God's Word and teaching it. And, that, and uh, to carry out time, but we could call family worship, where the family sits down and reads some scripture and talks about it and prays together and sings together. If you can, it's a great thing to do, toss, part of worship. And to have, have a time where you do that, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, however long it goes, but even just taking 10 minutes and doing that every day is a, a very important thing to do. And it's the father's job to lead that and to do that in his home. And every father will be accountable at the future judgment of how he carried that out in his home. And Deuteronomy 6 says that, tells the fathers to be teached. The Bible diligent it to their children when they sit in the house, when they walk by the way. And then Ephesians 6, 4 says, You fathers, bring your children up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And I want to then take off from there and even go broader today of, of this important element is that, that we men are called to be leaders in the world. And that's very, very important for us to do and it's a big part of the problem in our world today is that men aren't standing up and being leaders and being leaders of a particular direction, leaders in what is right. It is our job to stand up for what is right. And what is, what is it that's right? How do we know what's right? Who decides what's right? It's God who decides what's right. 
And He gives that to us in His Word. And so men are to be leaders in teaching God's Word and standing up for it in the world and defending it and leading people to follow it. And that's what I want to talk about today. And we notice this here in 1 Timothy 2. This is what Paul will bring out here and apply it to a particular, the particular work of the church. But he gives this general principle that men are to be the leaders in God's creation. That's how he set the world up. And this is a fundamental principle in the world that I want us to think about today, men and uh, boys here, that this is what God calls us to do. Verse 12, And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And, again, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she shall be saved in childbearing if she continue, if they continue in faith, love, holiness, with self-control. This is a faithful saying. If we go on, just one more verse. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. So Paul is talking about in particularly the work of teaching the Bible in the church. And Paul is very clear. And he says, this is not a, an assignment given to women by God. It's an assignment given to men. And Paul says that women are not to carry out this role. He says, I do not permit a woman to teach. He's speaking in his role as an apostle to the Gentiles, of the, and really, the, as the church spread out, Paul was the one overseeing that work. The first missionary efforts, Paul was the one God called and led as overseeing the work of churches being planted and started and the leadership being set up and how they were to operate. And Paul says that in his position and says, I do not allow, assign women to be the preachers and teachers in a church. That is not God's plan. That's not how God wants this to uh, happen. Because that would be a woman then teaching a man and having a position of authority over a man. And Paul says the reason we don't do that is because of how God set up the created order to function. And he said, Adam was formed first and then Eve. And there he alludes to this general principle is that God created life on the earth with different roles of men and women and God assigned leadership to the men and not to the women. And so when the church gathers and there's the congregation gathered and it's men, women, and, and the kids, because that's how they, and they, that, again, they, they all met together. They did not split up into different age groups. They did not split up in different worships. There was not children's worship and youth worship in the Bible. You don't see that. That did not occur like it occurs today. Everyone was together, and Paul said, when everyone's together, then the teaching done is to be done by men. And God called men in the church. And that's what he said in chapter 3, that God calls men to the position of a, a bishop is the word means overseer. The Bible also calls that position an elder 
one who rules, a leader, and then a pastor, shepherd, and all of those, those roles are about being the, the teacher of the Word of God in the church and the leader. And the God's plan is that a team of men are called by God to do that in the church, but there is an organization within that where there's typically a lead pastor, teacher, and that's a position of authority of teaching God's Word. And Paul said it's improper for a woman to assume that because it's out of order of how God set everything up. has nothing to do with, the question is not answered by abilities or not ability. And this is being moved away from today in churches. And you'll hear it and look and see it dealt with by saying, well, look at this, this woman over here. She's a good Bible teacher and she's very effective and she's a good speaker. How, why would you limit that? How can you say she can't teach in the church? And the answer is that's not how you determine that question. Yeah, she may be a good teacher. She might be a good Bible teacher. That's not the issue. The issue is the order of roles of leadership God assigned to men. And that ladies are called to teach. Titus, when Paul's speaking in Titus chapter 2, he said, the older women teach the younger women. And the ladies have a role of teaching other women and children that's in their, under their authority structure. But God placed men, men as the leaders, and so that is, that's opposite. Because when you, when you teach, it is a, it's, an, it's an act of an authority from God, who's the top authority, and God does not want that upside down, because that's that, that contradictory. It would be much like in a home setting that to see a child step up and say, uh, I'm going to decide what we're doing today. Not you, Dad, not you, Mom. I'm going to decide. You listen to what I'm going to say. That's just upside down. That's not how God created it to be. And even in the level of adults, where they're, they're fully both adults, a man and a woman, even if, as I say, even have equal abilities, it's still a question of assignment by God that there is assigned roles and positions, a position. It's like even in a corporation or a business of adults, it's fully not an issue of ability of who's in charge. It's an issue of position because you have, you have the owner and then you have managers and then you have employees underneath and the managers are carrying out the will of the owners and those managers have the final say. There may be an employee under them that may know more than they do. They may have more abilities than the manager does, but the manager gets to decide because the manager has the position of authority. That's how God set the world up, and that's how this question is answered, is that men were assigned the position of leadership. And God showed that by creating Adam first, and that's Paul's point. That's how he explains why he says what he says about women not teaching is the created order. Adam was formed first, then Eve. And God did that to show us that Adam was made to be the leader because he was made first. And then as he was made first, God gave him the commandment not to eat of the tree. 
That was God's Word in the beginning. And that is parallel to the written Word now, where we have God's Word, His commandments. And just as that Word initially was given to Adam first, he was responsible then to lead everyone else, then it came after that, to follow that Word. And that's how God made him the leader. When Eve came along, God made Eve, and she was there. Well, it was Adam's responsibility and his knowledge to say, okay, Eve, I need to tell you about something. There's a tree in the middle of the garden, and we can eat of any other tree, but we can't eat of that, and we're not to eat of that because God said we're not to do that. That is what Adam's job was, and he did that. He did that initially. And that's how it worked, is that he was the leader because he was made first, and he was given God's commandments, and he was charged to teach them uh, and to lead in them and to lead his family to obey them. And then the children, well, later the children came along, but before the children came along, then Eve was there and Satan came in and exploited that, deceived Eve, and convinced her to take the fruit And she disobeyed her role of being the helper to the man and being submissive to his leadership. And she decided to go above that and uh, become her own boss. And even above God, she knew God had said that. And she said, okay, well, God was not giving us correct information, so I'm going to do what I think. And it was the beginning of the feminist movement. The feminist movement is not a peripheral thing out here going on this has been the main way satan has tried to corrupt god's work on the earth from the beginning the first sin came out of a feminist movement aspect that deceived eve this is a key tool of satan and it's raging today too Satan has used this throughout history and he's using it greatly today, even coming into the church of God's people where they adopt feminist type thinkings in contrary to God's designs. And we still battle with it today. And this is the the battle over women preachers. It's motivated by a feminist mindset. Well, you can't say a woman can't do that. That That is being unfair. She has as much ability as anybody else. We're equal. It's the same type of thing Satan did in the Garden of Eden. And many Christians are following that. They, they do not acknowledge this principle that Paul makes very clear. Adam was formed first, then Eve. And when you, when you talk to Christians about this in this text, and they say, well, what about Paul said that a woman is, to, is not to teach and to learn in silence? They say, oh, well... Paul was just saying that because in that that time period, the women weren't educated and therefore they couldn't, you know, handle getting up and reading the Bible and teaching it because they weren't educated like the men were because that's how the culture was. was They were were very uh, discriminating against women at that time and holding them down. And so that's why Paul did this, because he knew that uh, the men only could handle the Word of God. But, they go on, today it's different. 
Today we have broken free from that and we now are educating our girls and we're educating women and, and uh, they, can, they are now are capable and they can handle this. And so that doesn't apply anymore, don't you understand? That is how it's defended today. And the answer to that is, look at what Paul says. Does Paul say that? Does Paul say, I do not allow a woman to teach because, brethren, you understand that they just don't have the education opportunities like we do, and they really don't, can't read like we do, and can't teach like we do, and, and therefore we just have to do it this way because uh, that's just how our culture is at the time. Does Paul say that? No, he doesn't say that. And the Apostle Paul was very smart, and he could say what he was thinking. But what does he say? He says something totally different. He says, because Adam was formed first. That's his reasoning. He goes back to the created order, and he says, Adam was made to be a leader. He was assigned the leadership position, and that then, in general... And then that carries over to be applied specifically, and really, let me back up, it really, in, in the general sense, his leadership was to lead in following the Word of God, teaching and following the Word of God. And so now today, we have the Disney Church that's, that the work is to preach these 66 books. Then this is why Paul says this. It's, this is given to the men to do as the leaders, and is their important responsibility to teach the Word of God and to lead in it. And then when they go home, they are charged to be the spiritual leader, which means they need to open up the Bible every day and night and read it to their family and to speak about it because that's their job. That's what they were charged to do, and that's the role. Because the Word of God needs to be taught. It needs to be taught as much as possible. God's given us His Word, His commandments, and that's the most important thing to know, and that's the most important thing to teach. Who's going to teach it? God says, men, you're to teach this. And it's a great failure we have going on today is a lack of men who are doing this. And when men don't do this, then the wives look at this and say, the Bible need, our kids need to be taught the Bible. They need to hear from God, but my husband won't do this. So then the woman is put in a position of trying to have to try to do this that she wasn't assigned to do, but then in the home where the father's not doing it, then a lot of times the wives try to fill in the gap. And you have this. And I hear this, and I hear other Christian, I've heard other Christian leaders say this. I dealt with it too when we would go to some in the past, we went to homeschool conferences in different states, setting up a booth, sharing some of these discipleship materials that we have. And women would come up to our table over and over every meeting we went to, and they would say, and we were, we were, we were you know, saying, teaching, here's, families should disciple their children, and fathers should lead this, and here's some tools of how you could do this. And women would come up to us and say, oh, this is so good. I can't get my husband to do this. My husband won't do this. I wish he would do this. How can I get my husband to do this? And I heard that over and over and over. And I listen, to the, I listen on the radio, and I'll hear a Christian leader say the same thing. They'll say, 
I, the women will come to me and say, my husband just won't be the spiritual leader. How can I, what can I do about this? It is a huge problem. It is really one of the biggest problems we have is men not being the spiritual leaders that we are called to be. The impact is felt greatly in the home, but it also is, is, is applies to everywhere. God's called men to be leaders in the creation. When He made Adam first, He put him in the Garden of Eden, and, and Adam was a leader over everything. Everything was his responsibility to lead in. Family, of course, first, and then later then the religious organization came along, first manifested through Israel and the priesthood, and you see God being consistent there, and He only assigned the priesthood to the men from the tribe of Levi. And then later the New Testament church comes along, and we see the same thing. He said, pastors only to be men. So he, he, he says this is to be played out in the family, carried out in the church. And I think we have to be consistent. And the Word of God testifies, maybe not as direct, not as, uh, we don't see it as much, but he does, still testifies that men are to be leaders in the government. He told Israel that the kings were to be men. They weren't to have queens. Whenever they did have queens, they had queens a couple of times, that was an evil, it was an evil uh, usurping of the throne because Satan was behind that. The men were called to be leaders in all of God's creation. That's how God set things up to happen. And we as men need to accept that and, 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 and take that in humility that it's really not so much about us, it's just about God's assignment. And it's our responsibility to be a leader and to be a leader in God's truths in the world. And I want to apply it now to this, to finish this out, is that we're to be, do this in the home, in the church, but we're to do this out in the world. And a key need is that we, and a lot of times it's relating to government, is that we, be a, we stand up for moral issues in the world and say, this is what God says, and this is what God wants us to do in His world, and this is what we should do. And we should repent of any sin and rebellion against God, and we should believe on Jesus and follow Jesus, and we should do what God's Word says. That's our job to do that out in the world. And we have a lot of sin charging forward and, and winning because men aren't standing up against it. And there is the reality is that we can't make really anybody do something other than laws, and we ought to do that with areas of morality where it would harm people. That's what we do with murder. You know, they say, you can't legislate morality. Yes, we, we do legislate morality all the time. When you, our murder laws are legislating morality. Morality is right and wrong. That something's right and something's wrong. And we legislate and say, it's wrong to pull out a gun and shoot somebody and kill them just because you don't like them or whatever. It's wrong to take a knife and stab somebody where they would die. That's immoral. And we legislate against it. We legislate, the laws are, are legislating morality all the time. Not Maybe not every time. There's some 
laws about roads and bridges and stuff like that. That's not totally morality, but there's a, most of the laws do deal with morality. The important, really important laws deal with morality. Murder, theft. We legislate morality. We don't legislate all morality. Yeah, there is a balance, but we legislate morality, and we can do that when it's really harmful on somebody else, and it's our duty as a community to protect people, especially the vulnerable and the uh, innocent. And that's why abortion is one of the worst situations we have. The most innocent, vulnerable little baby in the womb that ought to be protected, and, and it's, it's, they're being killed, and it's our duty to stand up and say, that baby should be protected, and that is moral. And we have a responsibility, and men, we should be leading this, of speaking God's truth, standing up for the truth. And when we don't, it's a, a great failure on our part, and it allows sin to spread and grow rampant on the earth and hurt more people and hurt even ourselves. It's our job to stand up and speak against sin and to, to, to restrain it. Now, it is only the gospel can change a person's heart, and we're just seek to speak that too, but there's also the important role of government and laws for that everybody's not going to be saved and everybody's not going to do what's right. We have constant reality that there are lawbreakers, criminals who want to hurt other people and disrespect people's property, and we've got to have laws to restrain that. And the point is not to really convert them, but we just restrain that evil, and we need to Men are to lead in that and speak up for that. Back to Adam. That's exactly what he failed in. When Eve came to him through Satan's deception, and Eve said, here, look what I've got. I got the fruit. We ought to take it. Adam right then had a, had a decision to make, and it was a crisis of his leadership. Satan had usurped God's authority and tried to sneak in and say, hey, follow me, not God. And Eve followed that and said, hey, I'm going to follow what Satan says and what I want to do instead of what Adam said and what God says. Here, Adam, take this. And at that moment, when that fruit was being handed out to him, he had a moment, a decision to either be the leader or cave. And he caved. His job was at that point to say, go, put, throw that away. We are not going to eat that. Don't eat that. And I'm not going to eat it. And we don't need to eat it. God said that we will die if we eat that. We need to obey God. Who told you to take that fruit? And she said, well, the serpent told me. Well, you shouldn't listen to him. Don't listen to him. That's what he should have done. And that, was his, that would have been his leadership. That was his job to be the leader, to stand up for what is right, and to lead others to do that and to follow God and not disobey. And in that, but in that moment, Adam, and what it says is he said nothing. He said nothing. He just took the fruit and ate it. And in doing that, he was following his wife. And God said that when he judged him. He said, because you heeded the voice of your wife, the ground is now cursed for your sake, and you will die. Adam failed to be the leader in what was right, and he brought the curse of sin on the world. A man. And men today, we're in that same battle. We're under the curse of sin, but God has redeemed us, 
And we're in the same situation. We're called to stand up and fight against sin in the world, not with a sword, but with the word of God and with our mouths and our minds. And we say, no, that is not right. And here's why. And we shouldn't do that because it's going to hurt people. And we should do this. And this should be what the law is. And this is, should be what we do. And, and that's our job, is to be a leader that speaks the truth and defends the truth. And that is the need of today. And that is the, a lot of failures happening today over things that are wrong. Right now, the... LGBT group is pressing their agenda into our culture. And they are just arrogantly doing it by trying to go to libraries and have children come and sit down and read to them while they prance around in, in their costumes and dance around and sing in front of the kids and say, be just like me. Be a perverted confused, rebellious person against God, your creator. Be like me. And they're doing that. And, and a lot of parents are, are upset and trying to say, what can we do about this? Because they're pushing in the South. All this is happening in the North and all the liberals. But their agenda is, hey, the South is the holdout. Let's, let's invade the South. And they're doing that. And it's coming into Arkansas now. And our legislators had a bill. And they first stood up and said, or the Senate said, we're going to make a law that says that that's restricted for children. Children should not be confronted with that, should not be influenced by that. We should protect the children. And then the attorney general got wind of it. And he said, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to fight that battle. No, we, we're not going to do that. And he got him to change the law, said, we can't defend that in court. And we're not. And he convinced and all the legislators to change. And now the bill that's going before the state on Monday is, is pretty watered down. And it doesn't change. It's not different than in the existing laws we have now about indecency. And it all goes back to this issue. Men standing up against things that are wrong, that are harmful, harming children... And, and the talk goes so much about, oh, well, those are their rights, their rights, and they have a right to do all this evil. God's the creator. We ought to be looking at what does God say? What is right and what's wrong? And that's what our laws are based on. And this is wrong. It is a, it is a satanic evil coming against children. And, and this is the need there and across the board, you can apply this to all kinds of different issues. The need is for us men to stand up and say, this is not right. We should not do that. See, because we're sinners just like Adam, and we've failed, we have failed, and we need to be saved. But God has saved us. Jesus has saved us. Jesus came and he said, I'm the light of the world. This is what's right. Follow me. And now he's redeemed us. And men, that is now our calling, is not to do like Adam and say, oh, okay, that's what you want to do. Okay, I won't say anything because, you know, you, you can do that if you want. While people die, while people are just abused, children are abused, and it's what it is. It's sexual abuse of children. And we can either be like Adam and say, 
okay, I won't say anything. Or we can stand up and say, no, that is not right. Put that away. We shouldn't do that. Let's follow what God says. That's being like Jesus. And you know who Jesus was? Do you know who Paul said Jesus was related to Adam? 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says Jesus is the second Adam. The first Adam failed, and Jesus came as the second Adam, and he always did what the Heavenly Father said, and he's now our leader where we follow him. And the second Adam would have looked at that fruit and said, get that out of here. What are you doing with that? We should, we're not going to eat of that. Throw it away. That's what the second Adam would have said. And that's our leader. And that's what we need to do in love, in respect that we say, no, that is not right. We should not do that. And here's why. And the need is for men who will stand up and do that. And the failure today, the reason sin is running rampant is because men are not standing up. Both Republican and Democrat are not standing up and saying, no, that's not right. That's why we have lottery that's just ravaging people in our state. And abortion is being allowed and being excused. And homosexual, homosexual marriage was passed because men refuse to say, no, that is not what God wants. And say, well, you can't mix religion and, and government. Where did government come from? It came from God. Government's to be under submission of God. Yeah, it still allows freedom of belief of you can choose to reject, but government's job is to make laws to restrict evil, which is morality. And that's from God. So this whole thing of trying to divorce God from government is a satanic lie. It all came from him. Who else is running the universe? Nobody else. That's what the laws are based on. So, men, we are to be leaders, and that means standing up for what is right and speaking out against it. That's what Adam didn't do, but that's what the second Adam did, and we're to follow him. All right, let's pray. Lord, help us to be the leaders that we need to be Help us as men to speak up when we need to. Give us wisdom of how to defend what is right and advocate for good laws that are proper and right to protect people, protect children, and to protect life. And help us to do this. In our state, I pray that you raise up men who will stand up for what is right against all this evil being pushed into our our land, and our state. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.